What is up, guys? Welcome into episode 24 of Swimming Upstream, an episode that Daniel DeVivo and I are very excited to bring you. Herein, we will bring you an exclusive interview with Marlins' breakout star pitching prospect, currently with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, our May prospect of the month, who has just continued his amazing production to start his career into and throughout the month of June. It's lefty Jake Eater, a guy who's just doing amazing and special things, very rarely seen to begin any pro career. After having his 2020 junior collegiate season canceled, after just 20 innings, Jake came to the fish in the draft, of course, in the fourth round, that awesome 2020 draft class. And after spring training was challenged to the double A level to start his pro career, all he's done since then, become one of the best pitchers in minor league baseball. <laughs> we heard his pitching coach, Tim Norton, state during the Wahoos media call that they did this preseason, that he was impressed with what Eater with Eater the first time he ever saw him play catch and that he and the coaching staff wanted Jake on the staff to start the year. Now, just eight starts into his career, we are getting the same first impressions. Just to point out a couple numbers, through eight starts, 41.2 innings pitched, 1.08 ERA, 0.94 whip, 62.17 KBB. Some rankings among pitchers with at least 40 innings pitched. He leads all of minor league baseball with the lowest ERA. He's sixth in strikeout percentage at 36.9 third in FIP at 2.16, and he has the ninth lowest whip with that 0.94 marker. He has pitched into the fifth inning in every start, and his last two outings have been of the quality variety. Just before his last start of June, we were fortunate enough to catch up with Jake for an interview. We want to preface this by sending out a huge thank you to everyone involved in setting this up for us. Jason Latimer and Daniel Kirsch with the Miami Marlins communications team, and Daniel Venn, and our last guest on the program, listen back to that one, was Chris Garagiola, the broadcaster for the Pensacola Blue Wild, who also does some great stuff uh, in their front office. Uh, so, yeah, huge, huge thank you to those guys. Uh, we did have some scheduling issues, but those were quickly and efficiently ironed out. We were able to get the uh, interview recorded with Jake. Uh, they made him available to us. So, so much gratitude to those guys. And then to, to Jake himself. Uh, taking the time during a road trip two days before a start to call on the show with us and for sticking with us through some technical difficulties of our own. Daniel DeVivo could not join us for this episode due to a prior engagement, but his questions and insight were included. So without any further ado, guys, here it is in its entirety, our interview with Jake Eater. Enjoy. Eater ready, and here's the one-two. Swing and a miss on a filthy slider. That is already six strikeouts. If this is the final inning for Jake Eater, man, what a performance he has turned in on the heels of his pro debut. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel and I are so thrilled to be joined by today's guest. He's one of the biggest stories in the Marlins system so far this year, our May prospect of the month and 18th ranked consensus prospect. Coming to us from on the road in Birmingham, Alabama, where the Wahoos are currently playing just before his ninth career outing to talk about the unreal start to his pro career, his development as a big leaguer so far and more. It's Marlins 2020 fourth round pick, lefty Jake Eater. Jake, man, thanks so much for taking the time to join us through all of our technical glitches and everything that we've had today. I really, really do appreciate it. Daniel couldn't be here, but I do have his questions ready. Uh, we're so excited to get to speak with you. So welcome into the show. Great to meet you. And how are you? I'm great. Yeah, thanks for having me on and uh, fired up. Let's go. All right. 2020 cancellation is going to be our first question. Uh, you get canceled 20 innings into your junior year. What did you do on your own leading up to the draft to stay prepared and ready for that, uh, that draft call when it came? Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, with all that time, um, you know, in between, we talked about instructs and, and then the time in between uh, reporting for spring training. I basically got on throwing programs, built up, 
uh, got my body, you know, where I wanted it in the weight room um, and uh, was just made sure I was prepared for, you know, on day one when I showed up. And you told us before that you grew up as a Marlins fan going to Marlins game. So just your thoughts on being drafted by your hometown team. Obviously, you went to high school here, were born in Boynton. So how cool will it be for you? Your family will be able to watch your progression, go out to all your games. We got three affiliates here. So how big was it for you to get that call from Jeter in the Marlins? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, like I said before, uh, having the spring training complex 20 minutes away from the house, uh, all the affiliates except for one in Florida, um, and then having the the big league club right there in Miami, which is, you know, close to the house as well is it's awesome. Yeah. Wanted to get to another one uh, on your college days. Obviously there's two guys, main guys in this Marlins organization who you played with, with JJ Blade and Zach King. Blade are on the same team with right now. So just your relationships with, with Blade and Zach and how cool is that to find yourself on the same organization? Yeah. I, I played with both those guys for two years, um, you know, in, in college and you know how, how close everyone is in college. Um, so being able to play with them again, saw both of them in spring training, obviously. And then, uh, now with JJ pretty much every day. Uh, I mean, we're just, our relationship's just grown and we've gotten even closer. And then another guy you didn't particularly see in college much. You went to different colleges and played in different conferences, but, uh, Max Meyer, just because you come out of the same draft, you go to the same team. Uh, what's the relationship like with him? Do you guys work together a lot? Um, and how's that relationship? Yeah, we, uh, soon as we got up to Pensacola, we, uh, basically moved in together, renting a house together, living together. So, uh, I'm with him more than anyone just because of that situation. Uh, and you know, we just, become tight very quickly and uh it's fun makes it competitive and makes it uh a blast out on the field and off the field all right wanted to get to two on the stuff which is of course very good what you're seeing the first one's the slider that you throw which was labeled one of the best pitch in the draft pitches in the draft and now we're seeing why so if you could just tell us about how you gained the overall feel for this pitch uh and basically how you throw it is it that traditional slider or is it something you've tinkered with to get that pitch to where it is yeah, so uh, I started throwing it in the Cape. Um, that's where I would say I started to get the feel for it and then uh, brought it into my my uh, season junior year in college. Um, and then from there, just I would say through a lot of reps, throwing it a lot, trusting it. Um, I've been able to command it and put it where I want to. Um, and uh, it's it's sort of, it's more of a traditional curveball grip. Um, I'm not behind it, like necessarily like a slider spinning it that way. It's I'm more on top of it and, and letting it rip to, you know, a starting point. Um, and then just letting the, letting the spin, you know, take over. Definitely. Uh, the other one we wanted to get to is the changeup. Uh, coming out of the draft, we heard a lot of draft reports, a lot of evaluators talking about the changeup and say it's a usable pitch for you, but it's kind of on the fringe. And to me this year, man, that looks like much more than a fringe pitch. So the growth of this pitch, um, obviously, you know, the slider, fastball slider combo is your main, but then you also have this, this change up and you're gaining that pitch so early in your pro career. So just the development of that. Yeah, it's a uh, change up to trust pitch more than any other. Um, you know, the, with a breaking ball, you're, you got a spot that you're starting it at and you're just ripping it off and letting the spin do the work and uh, change up can, you know, can feel different at times depending on the day um so uh, the biggest thing for me with that pitch is just been you know finding a spot 
that I want to throw it and then, and then flinging it and trusting, you know, my hand to do the work. Um, and I've thrown it and leverage counts at times this year in times that, you know, I might've been more comfortable throwing the breaking ball, but just to get, be able to get those reps in the situations to know that, uh, you know, in the future in big spots, I'm going to be able to trust that pitch to, to, you know, get a big out or, you know, in a big situation. And then the last one we have for you is a, is a, is a main question and then a quick follow-up that Danny wanted to ask. Uh, you're straight out of the draft. You get pushed up to double-A baseball, and there's no arguing. You're one of the best pitchers in minor league baseball after a month and a half, almost two months. So scale of one to ten, man, what's your confidence level out, like, out there like right now? Watching you, it looks supremely high. You look really awesome on the mound. Stuff looks great. So just how comfortable are you uh, this early in your career, and how will you build off this early success you've been able to have? Uh, yeah, we talked about, you know, my confidence is, is really high and, uh, because it, I, it, I told you it has to be, um, you know, at this level, things aren't always going to go your way. Um, but you have to learn how to, in my opinion, evaluate it and then take what you learned and then apply that swiftly, um, it, to be able to make the adjustment and then, uh, keep your confidence as high as ever at all times. Cause you know, when that, falters or or starts uh, wavering then everything else is going to start to waver so it's just about knowing who you are um you know results don't dictate that uh your mindset dictates that so um yeah awesome and then the last one that we have for you jake before we let you go uh it kind of builds off of that answer um you know you've been going really well since the start here you know there kind of really hasn't been too many too many big hiccups for you but just about your development as a whole has there been kind of that moment where you just find something where you're just like well there it is the aha moment i guess you could say has there been many of those for you so far in your development uh yeah no i'm I'm learning something every start um you know whether it's a mental adjustment or uh you know something related to pitching um every start i've evaluated it right away before i even get home taking that evaluation picked apart what i learned and then by the next day you know getting ready to apply that so that way the adjustments made you know within a few days or and by the next bullpen you know um and yeah it's you got to learn something from every start, good or bad. Bad ones are, uh, you don't want them, but there's no other way to learn. Um, so it's basically uh, how you evaluate defines the quality of the experience, in my opinion. Awesome. Well, that's some great stuff there, guys, from Jake Eater, Pensacola Blue Wahoos pitcher, absolute star, quick rising star in this Miami Marlins organization. We want to thank Jake so much for agreeing to join us through some technical difficulties, some scheduling difficulties. We got him on, got some great stuff for him. It was definitely worth everything that we went through to do it. So we're extremely, extremely grateful. It was so great to meet you and talk to you, Jake. Thank you so much for your patience. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So there you have it, guys. Jake Eater with some fantastic stuff on his developments into joining the Marlins, building relationship with his teammates, and how he plans to build off the hot start with his hometown Miami Marlins organization. Some points that stood out to me personally to get to really quick. Number one, he's a Marlins fan. Grew up locally, putting on the teal, watching the Marlins from not far down the road, and of course uh, at old Joe Robbie with his family. Uh, Nakar on the recording, he mentioned this to us before we started. 
He's actually a really, really big fan and growing up was a big fan of Dontrell Willis, his fellow Southpaw and the standout lefty on that Marlins 2003 World Series staff. So you'd love to hear that. Uh, me and a lot of people listening probably idolized and still idolize D-Train as well. So now he finds himself back home playing for the team that he grew up watching. Jake also notes the importance of keeping his family close during his development, which I think is an underrated portion of for any major league athlete or major league baseball player, especially one that's that's coming up and, and progressing like Jake is already at double A succeeding only Jacksonville and Miami are in his sights. So a fellow native Floridian, there are only so many of us and a fellow lefty of mine, homegrown talent. He'll stay home, have his forever support system as well as his high school mentors around him as he grows in his organization to eater. That's, that's clearly huge uh, and an advantage. Many kids growing up with the game don't have. So fantastic. The next thing to mention, uh, he mentioned it. He's spending a lot of his time on and off the field with Max Meyer, who joined the Marlins out of that same draft and got challenged to double a the same level uh, as well out of spring training this year. Uh, this is huge. Just two dogged competitors who are not only pushing each other on the field, they are spending, like I said, mo- much of their lives together off the field, learning how to grow in this game and grow as professionals the duo who one day projects to be a mainstay in the Marlins rotation, maybe not a, a day f- too far down the road, the way both these guys have started. They're quickly building up that friendship and camaraderie. Uh, in addition to their on-field contributions, this is exactly what you want to see. There's very little not to like about Meyer and Eater and everything that they're doing both on the mound and off right now. So you'd love to see that. Uh, the last thing that I asked about that we wanted to get to that stood out to me was the changeup. As I mentioned during the episode, uh, it was noted as a fringe pitch for him coming out of the draft. Now Eater is feeling out the pitch a little bit more. He's, as he said, he's learning how to trust it coming out of his hand, you know, trust his mechanics and most importantly, soften the grip on the pitch, you know, just, just letting his hand do the work. He's also trusting himself to throw it in any count, including those high leverage counts, like a two, two, a three, two count. You know, as I mentioned, the results are, are just coming, you know, it's gone from this fringe pitch as, as evaluators were saying before the draft and it's looking really, really, really good. Previous, previously present timidity for that pitch is disappearing and the pitch is quickly going from that mix in that shows flashes to an equally usable weapon as his other two pitches being that fastball. And of course the ridiculous slider that we talked about. So really good. And just making him that more complete weapon. And he's doing it at such a young point in his career where he's eight starts in and he's gaining a better feel for the changeup. So man, massive, massive development there for Jake. Uh, as we stated at the beginning of the show, we were surprised when the rosters came out along with many people to see Jake with the Wahoos, but we now see why he was challenged to that level. Pitching not far from his backyard, he's quickly building relationships and camaraderie with his camaraderie with his teammates. He's accelerating his development. That's what you'd love to see overall is that he's doing so much so quickly and it just looks amazing. If he continues on this current path of progression, guys, let me just put it this way. It ain't going to be long. <laughs> amazing stuff. And again, our, our thanks to Jake and, and everybody involved. So that's going to do it guys. That's episode 24 of swimming upstream. We hope you guys really, really enjoyed uh, that interview with Jake. It was a pleasure to have him on the show. Our final thanks again to him and everybody that was involved in putting that together. It was our pleasure to get to not only chat with Jake, but to meet him as well. Extremely impressionable young kid. And we wish him nothing but the best as he progresses in his career. As always, we'll be watching on Fish on the Farm here on Swimming Upstream, keeping you guys up to date. We encourage you to please watch every one of these Wahoos games. There's something to see, not only when Jake or Max is on the mound, but man, the bullpen's great. The offense is great. JJ Bleday, Peyton Burdick, man, Gerard, Fortes coming around. It's a really, really exciting team. So if you can get out to the park and watch these kids do so, if not, please watch them on MILB.TV. Listen to our pal, Chris. Man, great team to watch, great organization, extremely, extremely excited about everything that they're doing and the start uh, to their relationship with the Miami Marlins. So that will do it, guys. Episode 24, Swimming Upstream. We hope you guys enjoyed it.
and we will see you guys next time.